This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Hello, I'm Scott Soshnick. And I'm Evan Novi williams and this is the... What are the two teams? Is that an intentional? Is, that, is this, <laughs> being, is this being created? <laughs> no, no, we got to keep this. It it's Rangers and the D-backs. <laughs> Diamondbacks I'm like, I'm like really? I thought, wow. That is, I mean, in a weird way, that's actually perfect for what we were going to discuss, dude. I literally was going, I'm not exaggerating here. I was like, I'm just going to go with the two teams skeptically. And then the first one that popped in my head was the Astros. And I was like, oh, it's not the Astros. It's the it's and the Diamondbacks and the and <laughs> normally you, and the Rangers. If people ask me about Evan Novi Williams, I mean, one of the words I would use to describe would be poised. You generally have excellent <laughs> poise. I you panicked were, there. You I were, genuinely I panicked. There. I had the bonus of being able to see your face. Then there was the wait a minute. Is this? And I actually liked it. I'm like, oh look, he's being creative. And then for you to fess up, I like the honest nature of it all. That you really forgot the two teams that were playing is just perfect for what we were going to discuss, which is sort of the relative anonymity of these two clubs. So that we're not, we're not going yeah. back is what you're saying. We're no, no, no. We, <laughs> that we, is we, our we, open. Okay. This is totally our open. And by the way, high praise, high grade from me. So Great. That's what I'm if I was for. the guest, I'd ask myself, I'd say, I really liked it. I, what we always say, you bring the enthusiasm. I think you suffer on the artistic impression. And even though this was faux artistic impression, uh, I think it was high score. So I do, I do what I can, my friend. Way to go! Yeah. So now tell me, who's playing in the World Series? Just again? like everybody, all pundits <laughs> drew it up. We have the Texas Rangers and the Arizona Diamondbacks meeting in the uh, in the World Series. New blood uh, in 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 many different ways. Uh, two teams that uh, I, I would ask you, but I know the answer. I assume you can't name a single Diamondback. I can maybe name maybe a Ranger. I can okay. name one Diamondback, and it's only my son. You know, the focus group of one. I don't know why he knows this guy or what he likes about him or something, but the uh, Corbin. Carroll? Yeah, he's the young. Superstar. Yeah, he knows Corbin yeah. Carroll, and he, and and I always think if I hear Corbin, you know how my brain works. Like if I hear Corbin, I immediately go to Corbin Burnson. I go to L.A. Law, Arnie <laughs> Becker. Then I go to Major League, and you know I go to Jabu. Jabu I, I don't, yeah. Jabu. and I'll do this all day. If yeah. I mean, everybody <laughs> listening right now, I would assume is now thinking of some of the major league lines that everybody talks about. So, percent. Yeah. So anyway. That's why Corbin Carroll sticks in my brain because, you know, Corbin is good. Uh, Now, even Texas Rangers, like I'm not, you know. You you know Scherzer. I know know Max Scherzer, right? I know that Steve Cohen is paying. We discussed that on a previous (laughs) pod. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I'm like I know Ken Kendrick. You know, owns the Diamondbacks. Sure. Yeah. To, so that that's a good one. Um, what else do we need to know? Uh, you know, I don't think it's on Fox. Do we have Fox World Series this year? I believe it's Fox. Yeah. Okay. Um, not how they drew it up, but as you and I discussed previously. Yeah. It ain't so like obviously the disaster is a four game sweep of two relatively. Uh, uh, not a ballyhooed teams, we should say. Yep. But if they can get six or seven games, no matter who is playing, no, it's not Dodgers-Yankees, but if they can get six or seven games, things will be okay. So we'll see. Yeah, th- that's the big thing, I think. Certainly, if you're, if you're Fox. Um, my, if I'm looking at the, the looking for the, 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 the half-full glass in this, I think one of my takeaways is these are two teams that are not the top of the payroll in, in Major mm-hmm. League Baseball. A- a- heading into the season, Texas was was ninth at 195 million. I'm looking for Arizona. They were 21st at 116 million. Uh, I think this is actually really good for the 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 broader health of Major League Baseball. And I say that in that I think there was a risk of people owners like Steve Cohen, what the Dodgers are doing, just just spending so much more than everybody else that it it really did eliminate the the motivation to try to win a, a World Series for. Almost anyone who is not in that top tier of of five or six teams, and uh, we we saw it a little bit recently with the San Diego Padres, who spent a lot of money and did not have a lot of success to show for it. I can um, name some Padres. There you go. You can name some Padres. Um, if if one of the results of this World Series is that a lot of owners who own teams that are going to spend in that eight to twenty two range feel like you know what, like I can win a World Series. Maybe it's worth making that one extra thing. Maybe it's worth paying that extra free agent, whatever it is. Um, If the idea here ends up being that more MLB teams think they can win a World Series in April, um, I think that is actually a really good thing for the sport. So maybe I'm I'm being too uh, rose-colored glasses with this, but I think I can make an argument for the fact that the Diamondbacks and the Rangers uh, meeting in the World Series is maybe good for fans in Colorado and good for fans in Minnesota and good for fans in Seattle in a lot of those places where I think maybe previously maybe those owners were thinking – just making the, the the playoffs would be great, but like I'm not going to spend to try to keep up with the Mets, the Yankees, or or, or the Dodgers. All right, so if I, Ray Davis was sitting next to you, could you identify him, the owner no. of the Rangers, the principal no. owner of the Rangers? I could not. No, no, I, I just visit, see him on the street? I could not. Yes, no. you're passing no. by Ray Davis and say, hey, congratulations on your World Series. Or <laughs> You have no idea who this guy is. Yeah, but th- th- that I think there's value in that because because baseball has, in my opinion, gotten gotten very close, and, and and players are fighting this too, right? This idea that 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 only a few clubs are spending, and and everybody else seems to recognize that they are playing a losing game when it comes to trying to win a World Series, and as a result, doesn't want to pay the price tag uh, j- just to lose, uh, and 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 yeah, again, this is. Um, We'll see. It's going to take years, I think, but I, I don't think there's a necessarily a bad thing for a lot of teams if if the, the number twenty one and the number nine payroll teams end up in the in the World Series. I will say, Evaldi's a good pitcher. Him, I know. He's on the he's on the Rangers, he's on or the he's Rangers. on pitching okay. very well yeah. for the Rangers. I just remember him like gotcha. killing the Yankees all those years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. Good. he's good. Pitcher. Yeah, there you go. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of talent on both these teams, um, even if it's not kind of man on the street generic star power. This was interesting, though. I said to you earlier, I am going to be in Phoenix during one of the games. Just so happens we have one of our events. You know, we do our C-suite event with NASCAR. Um, It's going to be busy out in Phoenix. You've got NASCAR championship weekend. Good thing I've got my hotel already, comma, Mm. I think. I better do that right (laughs) now. Um, World Series now will be there at the same time. And I said, hey, should I go to the game? You said no. 
<laughs> Explain yourself, Novi Williams. You say I'm like, hey, I'm I mean, gonna I, be in Phoenix. I'm going to this. I'm going to the uh, Spurs Suns game, so I'm gonna get Wemby on Thursday night yeah. when I'm there. I think Wednesday would be the game in for baseball. And, and like you said, no. Explain yourself. I, I I am not. I'm not a big live event sports guy. And, and maybe but I'm totally wrong about this. It's the World Series, and I'm there. Fair. Yeah, you should go. I think. <laughs> I think, given your outrage, you should definitely go. No, no outrage. <laughs> I was kind of expecting you to be like, yeah, yeah. I don't really want to do that. Could you um, imagine? For those who know one of our staffers, Barry Bloom. Could you yeah. imagine him more in his because he's a Phoenix resident, course, more in his element than in a World Series press box in his hometown. Oh, oh my god. Gosh. Talk Great. about the ma- exactly. Talk about the mayor. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's it's a big moment here for 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 Phoenix sports. Um and the Suns uh, we, we, it's an easy transition if you want to make it now, but kicked off the NBA season on Tuesday night beating the Golden State Warriors. Um yeah, it's an exciting time. I think if you're uh, if you're a, a, a an Arizona sports fan, at least professional sports fan. Well, we're going to have a conversation. We're going to have representatives. The only ones we haven't heard back yet from the Cardinals, but we will have um, the CEO of the Fiesta Bowl. We'll yep. have representatives of the Suns, the Coyotes, and, and D-backs. Joe Garagiola Jr., I believe, is going to represent the D-backs at our, at our event. We're going to, and I mean, this is, we put this together months ago, a conversation on Phoenix sports. Great. So I, I just love the idea that now one team will be playing a starring role in this. It's just just great for the area. And I joke that I, I'm not a live sports guy. I want to go to the a, a Phoenix Coyotes game. I want to go to a game at, at the Mullet Arena. You want to see yeah, the five thousand five thousand fans. I, I hear it's it's very loud, and it's also just a a totally unique and interesting way to see professional athletes that you usually see in 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 eighteen, nineteen, twenty thousand seat. Buildings. Well, you know, our friend Javier Gutierrez takes care of us whenever we're out there and whatever we need. Um, but I got to tell you, for the size of the contingent that we have, uh, this is where you're going to run into problems, though. Like they just didn't really have a good space. For us to utilize. For we, that many we, people. Yeah, of course. Yeah, we were looking at bringing everybody just because of the experience. So what you just said, just to, to take a game in the mullet and, and see what that experience would be like. Um, but it just didn't really work out easily. So we pivoted and the Suns are in town. And once we saw the Spurs were the visiting team and everybody gets a peek at Wemby, that becomes an event. And I, I don't think I can say it. We have one as part of our programming for the Suns night. We're going to have a, uh, a discussion with you know Alex Weaver, NASCAR host, will have a discussion yep. with a driver. Now, mm. I was recently yesterday informed as to which driver, but I don't think we can put it out there yet. Yeah. All I'll say is I'm excited. Yeah, I know I'm the driver for, is also, and it is uh, it'll be a fun one. Yeah. It, it'll it'll be fun. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. All right, but but, but on to the NBA. Um, you and I sitting in the office, and I'm assuming this happened around the world. Unless you're a like you know Lev Akabas, where you're a huge NBA fan, <laughs> um, I, I'm a huge business of NBA fan. As yep. you know, uh, I do not go student, home yeah. and watch a lot of sports and uh, and have to see this game. That I don't buy into the notion of college football where it's the biggest oh the big game this week. I say you understand this is this is a scheme because next week there's the biggest game. And then the week after that, there's the biggest game. And if you don't, if you don't extricate yourself from that, that cycle, then you're stuck watching every weekend. You know, and just tell me when the playoff comes, and you know, then, I'll, then I'll peek. And um, I, I want to know about what, what's going on at Michigan and, and the alleged sign stealing. Yeah, these are the things we want to know about. And check out yeah. the Sportico database to check out all the great financials of these schools. Um, but I don't watch every game. So as the news was coming in near the expiration for when folks could sign extensions in the NBA, I believe it was the rookie deal extensions, like one by one, you and I are are watching Twitter and and Woj and Shams, and it's like 
person X just signed for three years and $35 million. Person Y, five years, $75 million, $120, million, $30, 40000000 uh, And I looked over at you and I said, Evan, is it just me? Because and, – and this strikes me as so odd because if you're a really good player in the NBA that deserves that kind of money – you were a star in college, and I would have heard of you. And you know that—that's like the Carmelo Anthony thing. You go to the championship for one year, and you're a ready-made product and a, and a big name, and all the marketing's already been done for the NBA. But I'm looking at you, and I say, I don't know any of these people. None. Yeah. Now, is that a byproduct of the system where you know, you're making great revenue, so the cap is high? You got to spend a minimum number, so you got to use it somewhere. Um, but damn, I just thought I would. No more. I mean, it's still a star-driven league, but maybe the star-driven just puts you in a different stratosphere. When we're seeing like Giannis Antetokounmpo's extension is for sixty-plus million dollars a year, that's yeah. what the star gets, not the not the fifteen million where it's the guy I don't know. I feel like I have this experience every year with the NBA. That, that this time of year you get these these, these guys signing and. I, people I've never heard of getting $120 million contracts or $130 million contracts. Uh, and, and there's a few things at play here, obviously. Business at the NBA is is good. There's relatively about small— About to get better. About to get better, which we're going to get into. Uh, there's a pretty small rosters, which, which really helps. Baseball teams are paying 30 guys. Uh, the NBA is paying 15 guys. So there's, there's, a, there's a concentration of, of money there as well. I also don't, but, don't but, but, follow but, but, the Hold NBA. on, hold on. But yeah. in that equation, I would say— when you're talking about revenue from venue, you have much bigger venues for baseball, and you have double the number of games. Sure, yeah, that's true, and there's also no cap, right? So baseball, baseball salaries are are huge. Um, maybe an, an, an NHL is a better comparison, where there's twenty something guys Thank on the roster, and, and 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 the NBA is fifteen. Um, and yeah, that number is going to go up. So we we see this in other sports as well. NBA owners know it's going to go up, so they know that that if you're signing someone to a five year, hundred twenty six million dollar contract, which I think is what Jaden McDaniels just got. Um, they know I'm that sorry, the, who? exactly uh, the they know that the percentage of of the cap that that is now is probably going to be a, a smaller percentage in a couple years once the new TV deals kick in and 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 the cap goes up. So uh, I, I think owners are in some ways probably already spending money that they know cap wise they're going to have more of in the future. Um, so yeah, I think there's, there's a few different things at play here, but I feel deja vu every year, Scott, when I see that the the best player in the NHL is making $12 million a year or something like that, probably. And that is a, that is the seventh or eighth man on, on a medium NBA team at this point. I had, uh, I was at a lunch yesterday and I was sitting next to John Ledecky. I was going to make a Mar- uh, Matt Barzal joke right there. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cause you know, I love Matty, go. but, yep. <laughs> but Cut. Couple did other I things. See, Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, did I see? By the way, because we, we were talking about the NBA and the new T or media deal that's that's coming up, and you know the streaming component that they want to put together. The in-season tournament, you have the new rules that you can't rest on national TV. I know you want to think about that, but did you happen to see? By the way, the Syria contract TV deal. I, oh, I saw it. Yeah, now, Canary in a coal mine. Does that scare the bejesus out of me, or what? It it, it does to me if I if I'm an owner, an owner or I team, work yeah. in this world. Yeah. So Syria, ah, the Italian soccer league, uh, their domestic TV rights. They just signed a new deal um it's, it's with two partners disown and someone else it's worth less than the current deal it is significantly less than the and by projections. the way owners yeah the owners had been talking about closing the the revenue gap in media between syria and epl and, 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 and bundesliga it's yes, half exactly. of the domestic yeah. rights for the right. english premier league um yeah the, the the i put this out on twitter and, and some people were, were coming back about how saturated 
EPL is in its er, sorry that uh, that Syria is in Italy, um, and you can make an argument. I think that's true of of, of U.S. leagues, as, some of them as well. Yeah, the, the there's nothing more premier rights wise in Italy than Syria A football, right? It is it is the it is the thing. It is the American equivalent of like the NFL and the NBA rolled into one. Um, the fact that uh, something there domestically is getting a rights decrease. Yeah, it really does worry me. And, and and you and I talk about this a good amount, that there's premier products, NFL, NBA, going to keep seeing revenue increase, at least for now, on the media side. But um, yeah, there's a whole bunch of, of assets in the in the middle tier or so. And yeah, in Italy, Syria A in Italy, and, and there's a, there's a, it's not a perfect apples to apples comparison. I get it, but, no, but that is, the that's the top dog. It's that the thing. The big, yeah, it's the that thing. is the big thing. And if, and if media companies in Europe feel like that is decreasing in value to them, uh, yeah, that would be, uh, that would be a little worrisome to me. Absolutely. All right. So now yep. tell me what you think we're, we're looking at here with sort of the NBA rules changes, the prevailing narrative is that all the changes, uh, particularly as it pertains to load management, and if people have not heard that term, that <laughs> means if I buy a ticket to, let's say, uh, the Barclays Center to see the Nets play, let's say, the L.A. Lakers, and the Lakers, in their wisdom, decide to rest the oldest player in the NBA because there's back-to-back with the Knicks and Philly or something, and they say, hey, you know what, LeBron? Why don't you take this one off? Our analytics tell us we have the best chance to win this game without you. This is the one you should rest on and just sort of, you know, put the ice on your knees and, and chill out. Yeah. And, be, and the NBA clearly does not want that to happen anymore. They're making uh, winning awards conditional on, on the number of games played. Now, I'm not sure if that's like, you know, one minute counts or 30 seconds counts. <laughs> yeah. But clearly the NBA is saying, and this, is, this goes back way back to Stern, they don't like stars sitting in street clothes. They, yeah. they want people on the court playing. And I find it very interesting that at least the rules are now stating, if you are going to rest somebody, please do it at home. Yeah. Where, and, and I know you have strong feelings about this. I do. On yeah. the road, you only get one or two chances to see the megastars. They want the, the, the teams to rest their stars at home where season ticket holders you know, won't miss their one chance. I find that, that part to be the most interesting. The, the, the two rules that are getting the most attention right now are no more than one player can be unavailable in the same game. So I assume that means that LeBron and, and Anthony Davis can't rest the same game. And then that star players have to be available for national TV games and this, this new in-season tournament. Uh, those are getting the most attention. Our colleague Lev Akabas did a, a data dive into this idea, as he's so good at, found that there were only a handful of games last year where teams were out of compliance with either of those two rules. So so those two things are, are not going to make a huge difference. What is going to make a huge difference is exactly what you said, Scott. The, the encouraging asking teams to rest players at home instead of on the road, he looked at back-to-backs for players that played only one of those two games. And last year, 77% of the games that were skipped in a back-to-back were the away game. And it makes total sense, right? If yeah, I'm you want to win in front of your home fans. If I'm Matt Ishbia and I own the Suns, I want Kevin Durant playing every game at home because my fans are paying to see him. These are loyal Suns fans and they're loyal Durant fans. And I'm fine if he's skipping a couple games on the road. Uh, the NBA clearly, as, as a league, as a central office, is thinking about that differently. And I find that fascinating. I, I, have, I have said a couple times that it's, in my mind, it's kind of like a revenue-sharing thing. The the and I'll get into the weeds here because I think some of our listeners might find it interesting. But is this most, where I can lean on my my head like this and just kind of wait for you to finish? <laughs> most leagues in America, there is a percentage of home tickets that get shared 
in some sort of revenue sharing. So in the NFL, there's a portion of home gate that gets shared into the into the league wide revenue sharing in baseball and in hockey, a portion of Maple Leafs or Yankees ticket sales get put into the general distribution of revenue sharing for the lower Yankees love teams. sharing their money as Randy Levine told yeah, us. exactly everyone loves it um, basketball is the one major U.S. sport where that does not happen six percent of all home gate goes into a pool that goes to fund the NBA central office it does not go from the Knicks to the Pelicans for example um, so I view this in some ways as as a very minor but but not nothing form of revenue sharing in some ways where you are essentially Essentially, asking teams to make the the, the stars on the road uh, a hotter ticket, which is going to benefit teams like the Pelicans, the, the smaller teams that maybe don't have as many stars as teams like the Warriors do. Um, and, 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 and since those don't get shared otherwise, uh, you're asking essentially to shift some value from Warriors home games to Warriors road games. Uh, so I think that's a really interesting one. I, I'm kind of shocked that it was explained that explicitly. That that hey we want we want you we want you owners to value uh, your team's road games a little bit more than than you value your home games in some ways, um, but I think that's going to be a really really interesting one to watch. All right, two things again, you know how my brain works. I love this because we're going off on tangents here, and this is but these are sports business discussions that we have in the office. And if we were sitting at the desk, this is what I would say. Um, did Lev look into? And I know the answer is no, but I'd be really interested. Like we just broke it out of home and, and away, like yeah. which one they rested. I'd be curious to see the win percentage of the mm. opponents on that night. Yeah. Because I'm going to rest my stars, but I think I can still win. Yeah, so, yeah. I, I mean, I, that's what I would think. I'm curious, uh, is it not the guiding principle, not home or way, just whether or not we have a weaker team and I think we can win that game? That's a so. great question. And we should at some point we should get an NBA owner on the podcast and we should talk about this exact, this exact thing because I think there's going to be Bit a of lot indictment. of... That should be easy enough for us. Who do we want to get? Who yeah, do we want on the show? Yeah, let's do it. Let's get I Ishbia think... because you, you keep mentioning Ishbia. He's new. He's got he, ideas. He just he, paid... Uh, you know, valuation of four just to get the team probably overpaid a little bit, and he knows that. So what? Did you did you see? By the way, he was on Rex Chapman's podcast recently. I did, I did, yeah, yeah. I thought his, what he said about overpaying, I thought was very interesting. <laughs> yeah, he said, well, he was my chance to get it. I wasn't going to lose out. You know who you should ask about losing out? Larry mm-hmm. Ellison. Yep. I'll tell Perfect. the story yep. again. You go ask Larry Ellison if his biggest regret isn't raising his bid for the Golden State Warriors way back when by forty million dollars. He did not believe. <laughs> The, the the sellers, or at least the bankers for the sellers, that there was a higher bid. I don't think anybody knew at the time it was Joe Lacob, but you know the bankers told him, you're short. Raise yeah. your bid, $50 million, and the team is yours. He said, I don't believe you. No, I'm not raising my bid. Okay, congratulations, Joe Lacob. Here's the Golden State Warriors. Go ask Larry Ellison right now if he regrets not raising his bid by that much when um, Ishbia went even higher than that. And let's talk numbers. But what, did, what did the Warriors sell for at that point? A couple hundred million dollars, three hundred million, whatever. Yeah, I don't, I really now don't the team's remember. worth six billion. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, yeah, I, I it's really don't crazy remember. how quick that that has jumped up. Uh, let's stay on the NBA for a few more Wait things. A I wasn't um, done yet. I had tangents. Do I ever have one tangent? Never singular <laughs> tangent from Sashnik. I have plural tangent. Please. So another thing, like you just just because you picked that team, you just happen to say Pelicans. Yeah. And again, <laughs> I wonder how you need to. This is where experience. And and um, and institutional knowledge, like it's just imperative when you're talking about sports business because nothing happens in a vacuum. I wonder how many of our listeners remember that the NBA itself once took ownership of mm. the New Orleans Pelicans. Yep. You know, and we're talking about the altering of like David Stern literally put you know people. It's almost like receivership, you know, guardian over the franchise. And do you remember what happened during that ownership tenure that sort of 
changed the course of a couple of teams' history and some star players. And do you remember that? Was, it was, was that a, the Chris Paul trade? That's Chris Paul. Okay. Yeah, yep. he was going to be traded to the Lakers, and the league stepped in and said no. Like you're not getting enough, and no. From so, a competitive balance, like a like a yeah, fairness he, yeah, yeah, right? like a, fairness a fantasy standpoint. commissioner rejecting exactly. a trade. Yeah, so yeah. can you imagine yeah. like the, just the quagmire of a league owning and operating a team? You know, even in just sort of a, a temporary um, time, and a star player proposed trade to an, a rival, an in you know an in city rival. League said no, rejected the trade, and then Chris Paul wound up with Clippers. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, you need to know. I wonder how many fans just don't, just don't know. You, like, it, it all is part of the bigger how does it all fit together. Like, you need to know those things mm-hmm. to see why things are done. Why were they done then? Why is somebody annoyed? What happened between these two franchises? You know, so, anyway, I just thought I'd bring that up because you said Pelicans, and I thought it was important for people to, if they didn't know it, rem- remember it, or at least be told the first time. Let's stay in the NBA. You mentioned Let's. it very briefly at the beginning. This is the first year of the in-season tournament that the NBA is doing. Um, I won't get into all of the details, but in the middle of the season, they're breaking Good, I don't know them. all 30 teams into groups of five pods. You play within your group, and then you go out into a, into a round-robin tournament. Um, it, not that dissimilar from what MLS did, introducing its mid-season tournament this year with the games between MLS and, and, and Liga MX teams in Mexico. Um, not a coincidence, Scott, that this thing is premiering as the NBA is out negotiating its media rights. Connect those dots for us in terms of, 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 of value that this maybe brings when you are in the market trying to talk to both streamers and TV companies about how much they're willing to pay you for your next set of rights. Sure. Well, let's just look at it from a very basic, you know, it's like more bidders means more money. Yeah. More content, if you will also means more money. Mm -hmm. Why sell just the 82-game season when you can create another package of games? That's what you're selling. You're giving a menu. Take A, take B. There's more to sell. It's sort of like what the NFL does when they offer to slice something up and, you know, offer it to a streamer, and you're just creating inventory. So more inventory will just lead to more money, will lead to uh, the possibility of exclusivity value of the, anything exclusive is higher and boy have we seen any examples of any companies who like exclusivity <laughs> for a sliver of a tier one sports package that maybe they're not ready to commit the billions of dollars to i don't know if we've seen anything like, like, like that yet in sports but perhaps the nba is looking at there and saying hey look at that modeling maybe we should think about something like that sure sounds a lot like amazon and, and, and thursday night football oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> now that you mention it, yeah, now that you mention it, I think Amazon does have an ex- – and by the way, I believe I mentioned it on the last podcast, you've seen the numbers. And again, at that luncheon the other day, um, you know, by a whole bunch of sports business people, that, that was something that came up around the tables that th- this, this uh, I would say, this realization that streaming is no longer <laughs> sort of this other platform. We're, we're reaching a level – where the scale is what you would expect from linear TV. That is a big development. It it very often feels like the NFL is deliberately waiting on a lot of trends to see what other leagues do to see if it works. It's an advantage. Not only deliberately waiting, that's exactly it. And I was sitting, as a matter of fact, I was sitting next to uh, Rene Anderson uh, at the lunch. And it's a a deliberate strategy. They have the luxury, while some have to jump into the deep end of the cold water, the NBA has the luxury of getting into the pool with the toe. 
Yeah. They can just say, oh, it's a little chilly, but, you know, still, we want to see what's going on in here. And I bring that up because in this specific instance, the NFL was first, essentially. It was the first major U.S. league to say, we're going to give a significant exclusive chunk to to a company that is not on television and see what happens. And it was a it's an interesting reversal because every league was looking at Thursday night football and saying did Rob Shaw did, did Rob uh, Shaw give MLB a little, a little yeah Facebook there was exclusive. a little bit Facebook had a little I think Yahoo had a little exclusive first game Tw- Twitter even serves did. was Phillies Mets Mets yeah but not, not certainly not and that, that was like four or five games a year, right? Like this was a a significant portion of the NFL's rights. And and every league was looking at this very intently saying, how small is this audience going to be? How much do we think the NFL is losing out on reach by doing this? And the the more that Amazon's numbers come in and they're strong, I think just further accelerates the push or the comfortability that a lot of these leagues, NBA included, is going to have. The comfort. Comfortability. (laughs) Wow. uh, Hold on. I'm marking that one down. Hold on. Why use a seven-letter word when you can use a 12-letter word, Scott. Um, the, <laughs> yes, point stands. They're, they're more comfortable, uh, I think, doing deals with, with those companies now that it's clear that the Thursday Night Football viewership numbers are strong. All right, we had so many things that we wanted to talk about, but you know, we're kind of up time here. We don't like to go where people would be too out of breath on their treadmill run. Yeah. Like, so for me, that would be the five-minute podcast. For you, that would be the nine-hour podcast, so we like to go somewhere in the middle. Um, so I'll let you decide. Frozen Frenzy Chat or Sphere Patch? Uh, let's do Sphere Patch. That's what I would yeah, have chosen too. Just be, yeah, 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 yeah. Just if people didn't see it. Uh, I loved your point when uh, I told you that this was coming. I, I love where you said this is the most European soccer thing. <laughs> so and right funny. away I was like, yeah, like Riyadh Air. You know, it, it's, it's keep it in the family. Pocket A to pocket B makes perfect sense. Yeah, this is for folks who didn't follow. The, the, the New York Knicks, their, their new patch partner is the Sphere the Knicks are obviously roll their way up to the Dolan family. The Sphere is part of Sphere Entertainment, formerly MSG Entertainment, which rolls its way up to the Dolan family. Um, essentially, and, and and I'm sure they would hate this characterization, but you're kind of moving money from pocket one to pocket two in, in, in some ways, which does, as, as you joked, it sounds so much like teams that are owned by the Qataris in, in Paris Saint-Germain, which have Qatari Airlines on, yes. their, uh, on, on their jersey. But it's, it's one it's of the reasons uncommon. why you buy the team. Yeah, I got no problem with this synergies no no, no yes. i don't, I don't necessarily have synergies with it either i we just haven't seen that much of it i don't think right. in 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 u.s sports and and in some ways jersey patches are are a relatively new thing in america um and I, Mohegan Sun did this with the with the, the WNBA team, the Connecticut team that they owned. Yep. So it's not it's not unheard of by any means. But yeah, I was it was joking that it, it felt so much like what we're seeing more and more in in European uh, European soccer. I, I am also curious, Scott, about the the motivation here, right? The the sphere um, for folks who don't know, multi billion dollar concert venue that just opened in Vegas. Um, it is essentially every inch of it is an LED screen inside and out, which, as you can imagine, creates for some pretty pretty cool visuals when you drive by it or when you're inside of it. Um, what is? I, I'm a little concerned, confused about what I think the sphere actually gets out of being on an NBA patch, being on TV a lot during uh, during the months of of September to uh, to, to June. I, I'm a little. I, I think a lot of times this is often like consumer facing products, and the sphere seems like a very expensive and very elite hospitality experience. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm overthinking that. I'm curious your thoughts. Well, I, I need to see details of the agreement. Often the jersey patch is one piece of a larger integration. If I may use some jargon, yeah, good point. And yeah. I, and I'm not sure. Like yeah, like 
um, chase at Madison Square Garden. It's not just sort of the outside. There, there's a whole business integration between Chase and God knows how many, uh, how many dollars in fees they get by having cash machines throughout MSG and whether or not they have a larger corporate relationship. So there's, there's, I, I'm guessing there's way more integration than just the jersey patch. Um, but I also don't want to be so insular as to think that uh, brand awareness is because we know about it. Everybody knows about it. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I've been thinking about that as well. Yeah. Yeah, if you're not on social media, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're not on social media, I think you might not. It, it, it fits very well for social media, um, but but less so for um, um, for for people who are not right. I think it's it's you may not even know it exists. Yep, and something tells me that we're going to see a lot more Knicks, Rangers, MSG stuff on social media coming coming up. It's, yeah. It, it, yeah, rapid fire, get it out. Um, it's it's a it's a very valuable consumption tool and a way to reach people and I think you see a lot more investment going in that direction. One thing that really bothers me, I feel like I'm I feel like I'm you for a second here, but Ooh. every everybody hold uh, on, something it, smart is coming. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's smart, but everybody <laughs> is talking about the there was uh, I can't remember which publication it is, so I apologize. Published the ad rates for the sphere. Yeah. Um, it's $450,000 for some segment of a day. I think, uh, I see this number tossed around all the time. Yeah. Uh, nobody seems to talk about how much darn electricity it probably costs to keep that. Um, I think people think about it like, Oh, the sphere is profiting $450,000 every five hours from, uh, from, 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 from whoever's paying to be on it. Um, but I cannot imagine how much the electrical bi- bill is for, for, for that. I, I think the, People get 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 often get get and this is a business lesson, but often get hooked on the on revenue numbers and don't think about cost numbers. No, when, no, when, see, when I it, can actually answer your question, Evan. You're yeah. way off. You're way off. Okay. Yeah, Jim Dolan has the Knicks G League team on bicycles that provide twenty four seven that generate enough electricity to power the sphere. So you know you're wrong. You're Everyone totally gets wrong. on the spin bike, and everybody's on the, the spin uh, bike. The LEDs light up. coming yeah. out of it. It plugs in <laughs> to something or other, and yeah, it, it, it generates enough. Le- the twelve uh, bikes, pelotons, um, generate enough electricity to power the sphere. So good, works. so good. Well, that's Close a visual out, that, that will uh, make me happy for a uh, <laughs> for a while. Uh, he is Scott Soshnik on Twitter at Soshnik. I am Evan Novi Williams on Twitter at Novi underscore Williams. The Sportacast is produced by Aaron Greenewald. Shout out to Aaron, Sportico's digital media editor, a woman named Cora Veltman. Would like you to know that you can follow the show at Sportacast. You can comfortably which follow the show. <laughs> you can have comfortability, comfortability to follow the show at Sportacast, show. Uh, which is the hub <laughs> of the Sportico Media Network.